It's the Favorites Podcast presented by FanDuel. The NBA season is kicking into gear and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. I love betting with FanDuel because their app is safe, secure, and easy to use. And when I win, I get paid fast. Plus, FanDuel lets me jump in on the action anytime with live betting during games. So download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. Must be 21 or older and in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia, and Ohio. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. I'm Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network. We are still talking March Madness, folks. We're going to dive deep into the bets you need to make for Friday with one of our Action Network college basketball experts, Mike Calabrese. You hear him all over the BBOC podcasts all football season long. He's amazing on college basketball. He was on our preview show on Sunday night, spewing knowledge before we get to Calabrese. Let me bring in my co-host, my BFF, my companion, my compadre, professional better, Simon Hunter. Hello, Simon. Hello, Chad. Just in time for kickoff of the March Madness, we do a show. Gotta love it. 11 a.m. Here we are for 12, was it 12 a.m. or 12 p.m. they kick off these games? Dude, it's called tip-off, man. <laughs> Fuck. It's tip-off. Uh... It's all right. Listen, listen, I know where your head is at. Your head is the same place my head is, which is... <laughs> How amazing are the Chicago Bears, which will yeah. be a continued theme for this podcast, whether we're talking March Madness, whether we're talking Masters, whether we're talking NBA playoffs, whether we are talking baseball. It's not going to matter. The Chicago Bears are marching their way to the Super Bowl this year. The <laughs> odds are dropping. Let's bring in Mike Calabrese, who, by the way, the man knows a little bit of something about betting. Because uh, in addition to being from a family of degenerates, and I say that uh, with Loving, love lovingly, I assume love and affection. I say that uh, if people don't listen to the group of five podcast that Calabrese does during the season on BBOC, um, these guys, they freaking nail their picks. It, I, 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 like it's uncanny Calabrese. How much you know about the group of five? It's pretty impressive. Nice job. Well, I, I appreciate that. I think it's time to step into the tee box, drop the puck, get ready for this basketball action. You know, try to do as many cross sports <laughs> references as we can. Um, yeah, I, I agree. This is a, such a fun time of year. And for me, people come out of the woodwork. It's, you know, friends, family, a lot of ex-girlfriends. Oh, hey, could you help me with your bracket? You know, who, who do you think's going all the way? So depending on how those relationships ended, I'm giving out uh, some Easter eggs. And I'm also giving out some stone cold dead losers just for the first round, just to uh, turn 
turn the knife a little bit. But yes, I'm here to provide as much insight as I can because when I'm tolling away in mid-major land in January, no one wants to talk about Grand Canyon. But now all of a sudden I'm the bell of the ball. People are like, tell me everything you know about the Lopes. Let's get to it. Well, listen, uh, I want to remind people as I have all you know, month long, we're talking about the game time ticketing app, which is the fastest growing ticketing app in the US. You know, I love it. I do. I use it all the time. If if you've been looking to get out to a pro or college game this week or even a concert, game time has amazing last minute deals on tickets to all of these events. I'm actually going to open game time right now from my house here in Connecticut. Lo and behold, what can I go see? Hey, look at that. The Brooklyn Nets playing tonight and I can get into the building for 43 bucks and it's a pretty good seat. No matter where you live, download the Game Time app, get out, have some fun this week. You deserve it. Redeem code favorites for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, just download the app, enter code favorites for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Calabrese. It's Thursday. We got games tomorrow. Obviously, people listening to this, we're not going to try to tell you who to bet in the middle of a Thursday when games are keep kicking off and we're dropping the puck and it's, you know, opening pitch <laughs> going up until about 1030 tonight. But we do want to focus on Friday. I listened to the Road to the Final Score show. I listened to watch the Road to the Final Score show with you and Stucky and Anthony DeBundo and Maria Marino on Sunday. You can still check all that out on YouTube, Action Network YouTube page. You had a lot to say, and I liked a lot of what you were talking about. I was picking up a lot of what you were laying down. Give me your best bet right now for the Friday matchups. You can only choose one. I know there were a bunch of teams you talked about. So during the offseason, I like to do a deep dive. I'm not quite on the Evan Abrams level of you know research, but I do like to have my little theories and then go on these little Easter egg hunts and see if I can find something. And one element that I found since 2014, when you look at all the pods, and you can see this beautifully on the Wikipedia page for every single March Madness tournament, you can see where all the regional spots are located, all the first and second round spots. So there's eight pods with four games each in them. So what I do is I try to find the teams that have the longest travel because not only are the miles important, but also if it's thousands of miles away, you're not going to get many of your fans to come to the games. And then it's an added bonus if there's some kind of time shift that works against you, the body clock theory. All of that is coming together for VCU against St. Mary's. St. Mary's spent the majority of the season in the top 25. They got, you know, close to the top 10. And what is their reward for that? They get to go across country and play in Albany, New York. Not a great look for them. What are they playing? 2 p.m. Eastern. So 11 a.m. body clock tip-off for the Gales. And they're up against a high-energy VCU defense that turns you over just about as much as any team in the entire country. And when you pair that with the fact that St. Mary's likes to play real slow, low-possession games, every turnover takes on added value. If it's an up-and-down game, back and forth, hey, you can turn the ball over 15 times. That's fine. But when you're playing in those low-scoring games that they want to play in in the 60s, if you turn it over 15 times, that can be a death knell. And then finally, 
Aiden Mahaney, who was one of the best freshmen in the entire country playing for the Gales. It was a great story. He turned down some, you know, very high major opportunities to go play for St. Mary's. He has just been in a bit of a shooting funk four games with 10 points or fewer in his last seven. And that's really why the Gales have been leaking oil down the stretch after they beat Gonzaga in an overtime game. It looks like they spent all their emotional energy up against a VCU team that has a star of their own ace Baldwin at the guard position. He's a combo guard. He can facilitate. He can score. I think VCU is going to win this game outright. You can still get him plus four and a half, five at some places in the market. But I'm going to go ahead and play him at about plus 175 on the money line. VCU plus four and a half at FanDuel, as you just said, plus 175 on the money line. I'm not going to lie, Calabrese. That's not one of the teams that you mentioned on Sunday night in the road to the final score. And I I unloaded on basically every team that you talked about. Seriously. Uh, And when I say you, I mean the collective. You, Stucky, DeBundo, Nick Giffen. I unloaded on Drake, Creighton, Furman, Utah State. I unloaded on West Virginia, UConn, Arkansas, Oral Roberts, Kent State. Not once did you mention VCU. Well, one thing I will say in defense of this, good thing you jumped on that Drake line because I think it could end up closing as a pick against Miami. It's a 12-5 game. That's in paper Don't only. Deflect. I'm Don't just trying to say here deflect. that we gave you that that scorching hot intel to be able to get in before they rule out North Chad O'Meara from this game because Drake's defense is incredible. They're really strong in the glass. All the things that we said on Sunday night, I'm glad that you got in at the right number because that's what Stuck is preaching this time of year. Get the best number possible. Yeah, I'm not getting the best number on anything, by the way. All my numbers are off (laughs) from what I did on Sunday. I'm just saying. Uh, Simon, before we jumped on the air, you said you had some late-breaking info from professional groups on one of the games that's happening on Friday. I think I'm still recovering from hearing Chad say unload multiple times in about a two-minute span. That was a bit much. Uh, Yeah, Chad, this is my time of year. I'm just a true fly on the wall. Like, I'm in all these text group with all these pros and I know this is in my place to say anything or reach out. So I literally, I'll wake up in the morning. I'll just read through conversations that people have all through the night. Just the degenerates talking shit, throwing ideas and multiple guys keep popping up with Grand Canyon outright over Gonzaga, which to me is so out of this world, even thinking about it. Cause Gonzaga historically, yes, they do choke, but it's not until maybe the second or third week, right? They don't choke first weekend. Usually they're pretty good. At beating up these bad teams. And then I look, I see online there are three seed. Grand Canyon is a four is the 14. It's plus 890 right now on FanDuel. Of course, I'm gonna throw some on it. So I would love to hear that from a, another professional viewpoint. What, what are these guys seeing? And what's the other side here? Why would you say no? Take Gonzaga on the spread. That's the better play than calling for the big upset here of Grand Canyon over Gonzaga in round one. This is a three-point variance kind of play. You know, the Lopes are going to fire up probably 25, 33s in this game. They go ahead and make 10 or 12. It's going to be a game in the under eight timeout. So I understand from that perspective. But then when you look on the other side of the ball for Grand Canyon, they're 198th in Ken Palm defense. They're going to get fed into the wood chipper by this Gonzaga offense. They're by far the number one rated offense. And really, I've been calling them the zombie zags ever since they lost in overtime, a game that they dominated for 39 minutes against St. Mary's and just fell apart at the end of regulation. They lose an OT. And the national media was basically like, well, they were this cute story this year. You know, they're not going to be in the national conversation to really win, to finally get over the hump for Mark Few. Since then, they've averaged 93 points per game in their last nine, including two games against St. Mary's where they thumped them. 
And I think from a human nature standpoint, Mark Few is really pushing the right buttons right now because Drew Timmy came back for this run. They're not overlooking anything in March Madness. It's been all about getting to this tournament and dominating. And for that reason, I think they actually have great value to make the Sweet 16 at minus 160 because beyond this game, they have a chance to go up against a wounded UCLA team that's down the defensive player of the year in the Pac-12. They also have some injury issues in their front court. Gonzaga, I think, is just locked and loaded. And I love their depth. Malachi Smith is a name to keep keep in mind as the tournament goes on because he comes off the bench. Last year, he led Chattanooga to the NCAA tournament, and he was like a, a 20 and 8 kind of scorer this year he's coming off the bench but he's capable of double digits and that's the beauty of what Gonzaga has going on offensively beyond Timmy it's just a multi-headed attack so there's no way to take the the offensive pressure down from Gonzaga they're going to push 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 and I mean Grand Canyon is a good story but the fact of the matter is they're a better home team they're clearly not playing on their home floor here so I actually like the 15 and a half point spread for the Zags maybe play it in the first half see if they come out with their hair on fire um, but I think in terms of the pros it's just a value proposition I would have to be north of 10 to 1 for me even to get interested in a nightmare scenario where Gonzaga goes out because Mark Few's gone to the Sweet 16 in seven straight tournaments so that's early exit you know tag that's attached to him as you said that's a second weekend conversation not on the first weekend Calabrese is unloading on your wise guys. Yeah, no, it's making me feel good. I like when I hear a team can get hot from three points. That's what I want to hear. I just want to know why they're taking Grand Canyon. That makes perfect sense. If they can hit the threes, you know, Gonzaga can score they want. If they can't catch up to all those threes being made, that's that's kind of the angle I think they're taking here. All right, Michael, you told us about VCU five days after the seedings came out. Um who is another one that we should be looking for on Friday? So I'm hot to trot on Creighton. This is one that I have not kept uh, close to the best. I'm telling everybody, stopping people on the street, the hot dog vendor here in New York City, because I'm at the lovely new Action Network headquarters shooting video. Um, so I get an opportunity to walk around, talk basketball with anyone who listen to me. Creighton's got it all, to be honest. Um, there's a certain championship DNA that's out there from a composite you know, resume standpoint. When you look at Ken Palm, if you can be top 30 in offensive and defensive efficiency, you're elite. They're 28th in offense, 15th in defense. All five starters average over 11 points per game. They got a great big in Calc Brenner, so they're not going to get bullied by any of these opponents. They play great defense. And something that I really love that's infuriating and something that can be overlooked pretty easily when you're putting together your picks, they don't put opponents to the line. They only give up 12.4 foul shots per game. That's third nationally. So you have to truly beat them. There's no cheapies. There's no easy points being handed out. you got to beat them in the half court, and that's really difficult to do. And then additionally, beyond everything they have offensively, they do not turn the ball over. So when you put it between not turning the ball over and not putting teams on the line, it's hard work to knock out the Blue Jays. And they're up against an NC State team that has some nice wins this year, but they're all at home. They've done absolutely nothing, zip, zero, nada on the road or in neutral sites. And I think that's a bad recipe for the Wolfpack. So I'll go ahead and lay the five and a half. I'd love to get five. I think there's a chance maybe it'll it'll go down to five in the market, but I would probably play it up to seven where it still has value. Now, looking at the whole board here, do we have any Cinderella's that pop out to you? Any teams that can make a run? You know, every year we always have these teams now. Every Everything in the NCAA is so much closer now where, you know, we talk about stuck. If there's a bunch of good seniors, you can usually make a run, right? If these guys have been together for three, four years, playing against these teams that, yes, they might have the pedigree, but they're just not a team like these other teams are. Is there anyone that stands out to you this year that could be a Cinderella or is it kind of 
flat across the board. So I'd love to say Drake, but I don't want to get yelled at by Chad again. So I'm going to go with Montana State, one of the most experienced teams here in the field. They're up against a K-State team. And Bobcats have won 14 of 15 coming in. Four upperclassmen in their starting lineup, a dynamic scorer in former Washington guard Raquan Battle. The other issue in this case is that sometimes it becomes the game inside the game. So K-State right. loves to get to the rim. They want to attack, attack, attack. But Montana State is sixth nationally in points per possession allowed at the rim. So I think that's bad news for K-State. And pressure-wise, I, I think all of it slides. When you're a 14 seed, they're, you know, quote-unquote happy to be there. But K-State has spent a lot of this season in the fight, in the mix in the Big 12 thinking of themselves as a national title contender, certainly a contender to win the Big 12 regular season. And it didn't come to fruition, didn't come together in the Big 12 tournament. And I think if they have some bum luck early in this game and they kind of get stuck in the mud trying to drive and not finding their usual success, I think the Bobs are going to absolutely throw a scare in the Wildcats. So I think they're alive as dog here. K-State is an interesting program. Another interesting program with national aspirations in my backyard, the Yukon Huskies, which at one point this year were, you know, a top two team uh, and then faded. And then uh, they were, listen, the West Hartford cocktail party circuit. We were ever with the Burns. They had the whole neighborhood over talking about Yukon basketball because in the middle of January, they got hot. Last six weeks of the year, potentially one of the best teams in the country. They got to take on Rick Pitino and Iona. Great couple years. Rumors he may take a new job. Rick Pitino coming back at 70 years old. Love that. Where do you stand on UConn right now? UConn is an elite offensive rebounding team. And I love the fact, do you bring something special to the table? And in a lot of cases, teams at this point in the season will say we're great from three-point range, which to me is a double-edged sword. It doesn't always travel. Sometimes the venue can throw you off. Sometimes you just have those nights where you shoot 25% from three. Can you recover from that? Offensive rebounding travels everywhere. They have these bouncy athletic, you know, six foot six to six foot ten guys. They just come in waves like it's a line change in hockey. And for the most part, they overwhelm teams in that regard. Now, Iona is a good offensive rebounding team in their own right. They're 26th in offense rebounding percentage nationally, which is one of the best marks for a mid-major. It begins and ends with Nelly Jr. Joseph. He averages close to 15 and 10 per game. Iona also is great in terms of turnover margin. So when you put the offensive rebounding stats in there, and then 14th in turnover margin at just about plus four per game, that's a lot of extra opportunities. You're not giving opportunities to the opponent. They're also elite at shutting down the three-point line for opponents. They're 20th in opponent shooting efficiency. So the Gales are real tough defensively. And when I look at UConn, there's so much to like about them, but their offensive engine on the perimeter is Jordan Hawkins. He's 17 for 50 in his last four games. That concerns me a little bit, not necessarily to get out of the first round, but I think it's a, they're a legitimate threat to go to the Final Four. He has to get it together. Luckily, in this spot, UConn can also turn around and just shut down the three-point shot. They only gave up 4.9 made threes per game. That's third nationally. So Iona, I do not think, have the Cinderella formula to be able to bomb away from three. It's going to be Yeoman's work on the glass just to probably be minus five in the offensive rebounding battle. What I actually like there is under 143.5. I think it's going to be a rock fight. And I think UConn's going to be happy to get out of there with a five or six point win. 
Simon, I don't know about you, but I like listening to Calabrese talk about college basketball. He might be making up the name of every single player on teams like he talks about the Lopes. He talks about, you know, Iona's offensive rebounding prowess. Can you name the leading score for every team in the NCAA tournament this year? The NCAA tournaments, there's a good chance. One of my parlor tricks is I know, you know, obviously every single Division One school nickname, which comes into play, you know, if I meet someone's wife at a party, she's like, well, I went to Western Illinois. Just give them a good go Leathernecks. That's oh, a dude, quick way as an icebreaker. I know the Leathernecks. A guy from my high school played football for Western Illinois and we're like, the Leathernecks. Proof positive right there. Just bringing people together right. with school nicknames. It, it does make people excited. You're a freak, man. Uh, <laughs> this March, take your first shot at College Hoops with FanDuel Sportsbook and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks on the bracket and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose, that's 200 You can spend betting everything from the money line to point spreads or even that 5-12 seed matchup you've been eyeing. Tonight, my favorite bet is Villanova, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. There's no better place to bet the tournament than FanDuel Sportsbook. Sign up today by going to fanduel.com slash favorites and make every moment more with FanDuel all tournament long. Must be 21 or older and in select states. First, online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. one 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY in New York. Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Speaking of college basketball powers, Indiana University. I went to Indiana. Been super excited about this team all year. Up and down, up and down. Big wins against Purdue. Looked Terrible against Penn State after jumping out to an early lead. I think they made one three the entire game. <clears throat> they got Kent State in my IU text chain. It was reminded, I was reminded that the last time we played Kent State in the first round, we were dominated by Antonio Gates uh, before he moved on to the NFL. I bet Kent State plus four and a half. It's a little bit of an emotional hedge. Give me your take on this Indiana team. Well, I would say if an upset happens, that means, I guess, sincere carry is going to be a starting defensive back in the NFL in five years because he's their yeah, best there you player. Go. There you go. Showing off right there. 10 and one down the stretch for the golden flashes. And here's the thing about Mac basketball. There's a decent amount of teams that go to the low post and play back to the basket and want to feed the post. So they have experience and they come in as one of the best mid majors defending the post. Why is that important? 
because Trace Jackson Davis is such a dominant post player. So really it becomes Jordan rules where it's like, as long as we can let him get just 25 instead of 35, I think the golden flashes are going to be in good shape there. And there's also at this point in the season, you, you know, we make light of some of the teams like Grand Canyon and Montana state where they don't have those apples to apples, non-conference comparisons, but not Kent state. They played Houston. They were within five. They held Houston to 49 points and they were within seven of Gonzaga, both of those games on the road. So I think that illustrates that they don't feel that they're in deep water playing against, you know, elite teams, nationally ranked teams. Yes. Trace Jackson Davis is probably going to have a double double in this game, but if he gets in foul trouble early, this could be curtains for IU. I think this is a bad draw. I think that they were, you know, misseeded probably by one line. I would have preferred them in some of the five twelve games in terms of the overall uh, player on player matchups. This is not a good situation. So I think the emotional hedge was the right move on your part. Hey, a little curveball here. What is Arkansas Tech's nickname? Arkansas well, not Tech. Di- they're not Division One of anything, as I. As, I thought you were going to hit me with Arkansas uh, Pine Bluff. Go Gold. No, this Lions, one stuck but... out to me. They're called the Wonder Boys. The Wonder Boys. Like <laughs> yeah, great what, nickname. What, what a nickname that is. Let's uh, yeah, so... uh, one one more. UC Santa Cruz. Anybody got that one chambered? Banana slugs. Okay, good. All right. So somebody somebody's awake at the wheel over there. Guy, that, come that on. Great. Yeah, Don't bring on... your trash onto the favorites. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you have any other best bets for Friday that pop off the top of your head? Let me just look through my entire sheet here because there's a couple of games that I actually think are very well calibrated by the market. Not surprising. That's what Stucky was that... saying. He's just talking about how the, the margin now, just, just how big sports betting has gotten. It just keeps getting smaller and smaller, this value of March badness. And, and doing the podcast throughout the basketball season with Stuck, we noticed that as well. And it's not just the nationally televised games. It's also, you know, bleeds down to the, the high mid-major level, you know, that kind of middle tier. I'm going to go ahead. I think there's one team that is an underdog. I think they should be favored. And it's the 10-7 game between USC and Michigan State. Spartans are a two-point favorite here. I actually like the Trojans. I mean, they nearly swept UCLA. Their only loss in that series was a two-point road loss. They lost to Tennessee in OT. They gave Arizona a run for their money to end the regular season. But really, beyond the fact that they're always close or they're winning those games against you know the, the best competition on their schedule, their right. backcourt gives them huge upside. Boogie Ellis... A lot of people on the East Coast have never seen this guy play. He's a bucket. He poured in 21-plus in seven of their last 12 games. Drew Peterson is also absolutely lethal. He's like 6'9", 6'10", so he can get a shot anytime he wants. Last month of the season, he shot 40% from long range. This backcourt helps them achieve one of the cooler new-age stats in college basketball, which is the kill shot. That's a 10-0 run or better. They are one of the top 10 teams in the country in kill shot runs. So I see them potentially running away from Michigan State team that, yes, they don't shoot a ton of threes, but when they're not falling, their offense can fall apart. You saw that happen against Ohio State in the Big Ten tournament. They shot, I think, like 20% from long range. They end up losing by double digits in that game. So that's a problem. Additionally, when it comes to stopping Peterson and the perimeter weapons from USC, Michigan State ranks 320th in catch-and-shoot three-point defense. So I see a lot of slashing, kicking the ball out, threes falling for USC. As I mentioned, I think they should be the favorite, so I'm going to go ahead and just play them at plus 105, plus 110. New Jersey Institute of Technology. He must be referring to the Highlanders. Man, you are a fucker. (laughs) That is... 
amazing. Not, not to be not to be confused with UC Riverside, also the Highlanders. They have a really cool Scottish bear mascot with the whole Highlander look. I'm moving out to California in the spring. I'm excited to get my hands on some uh, UC Riverside swag. That was good because not only did you paused for a second where I'm like, I think I got him. <laughs> and then you just pulled it out like fucking suave. Really, really good. Give me your final four. Assuming that, you know, we'll hope that whoever is in your final four doesn't get knocked out on Thursday while people are listening to this podcast. All right. I'm going to go through region by region. So in the south, I have Creighton. In the east, I have Marquette. You're going to like this one, Chad. Out of the west, I have Yukon. And then I have Texas coming out of the Midwest. I love Texas. And I, I brought this up uh, on VSIN about a week ago. 25 years ago, if you lost a head coach midseason, your whole program would have just fallen apart. There was the, the game of basketball, there was more involvement from an X's and O's standpoint and a little bit of a tighter leash by a head coach, particularly at a huge you know program in the top 10. That's just not been the case with Texas. I, I think they circled the wagons. I think, strangely, I think it's made them a closer team. They have a great backcourt in Marcus Carr and one of the best names in all college basketball, Serge Abari Rice. So I love what the Longhorns have and their front court got better and better. Dylan DeSue in particular, you know, took a step forward in the Big 12 tournament. He gives them that final piece. If he plays like that for six games, I think they're going to win the national championship. And then who do you have winning it? So I have Texas over Creighton in a tight one. We'll call it a one possession game. Um, that Just from a, uh, you know, style making fights situation. That's going to be a really good defensive battle and both teams can heat up from the perimeter. So I think it's going to be a seesaw events. Um, it's a little bit heavy on big East teams, but I think that's just the way it shook out. I'm, I'm not trying to get in my own head. Those are just the teams that I think have the, the right path and the right mix of analytics and personnel to get it done for six games, or in this case, four games to get to the final four. Do you know what's interesting about this final four? It's the last thing that I think we're going to cover here. Marquette, Creighton, UConn. In this new age world of NIL, these are not programs that are going to compete at the same level as the Texas, the Dukes, the UNCs uh, will be able to compete in college basketball. So I know we're still in the early stages of this, but that's a fascinating idea. And it would be a real boon for these programs to be able to get to the final four when it's going to be increasingly competitive for talent. It is interesting, although I will say, you know, these mini collectives at the mid-major level, you can get together and you can keep one guy on campus. Western Kentucky just did it with their quarterback, Austin Reed, who looked like he was going to enter the transfer portal. And next thing you know, he's on Instagram with a brand new car. So it's like, <laughs> to me, it, it, these are all victimless crimes. Like yeah. they are absolutely funny and you know, we're not talking about competing with a Death Star like Alabama or Texas, where they just have an unlimited amount of resources to just, you know, pound the competition on the recruiting trail. If you want to get together and put, you know, $300,000 together, a lot of these schools are big schools. I think of a school like Liberty, and not many people know it's the largest undergrad, you know, population in terms of kids on campus in the entire country. There's a lot of people that graduate from Liberty. You get five, 10 bucks ahead, all of a sudden you can start competing. So I think it's a little bit overblown that there's such a gulf between the major power programs and their potential on the NIL front and everybody else. Speaking of power programs, 
before we go. Presbyterian College. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish I could say that I didn't know that it was the blue hose, but of course. And you really you really have to enunciate. When you're around Presbyterian PC grads, make sure to enunciate so you're not calling them blue hose. Oh, my God. <laughs> By the way, that's a great double entendre. Yeah. Presbyterian College. Mike Calabrese, outstanding Thanks for coming on the Favorites podcast. Great work during college football. Great work during college basketball. For Simon Hunter, for Matt Mitchell, our producer, I am Chad Millman. This has been the Favorites podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. Rate, review, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe directly to the Favorites. Please leave us five stars say whatever you want feedback is a gift good luck in your brackets until next time love you action network reminds you please gamble responsibly if you or someone you care about has a gambling problem help is available 24 7 at 1-800-GAMBLER